Welcome to Prince Strike by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Somebody's Somebody from Emancipation, recorded November 1994 by Prince and a gentleman called Derek Hughes, and released on the 3rd of March 1995 as part of the Sampler Experience. Later in 1996, Prince did a series of remixes which were listed as the Live Studio Mix and the Ultra Fantasy Edit, <laughs> but the version that appears on Emancipation is just Prince by himself. For those later remixes, Kirk Johnson, Ronda Smith, Maurice Hayes, Cat Dyson, Mike Scott, they all kind of contributed to them. Um, but the version that is on the album and that was as a B-side for the Holy River in the UK was just Prince by himself. The track is 4 minutes 43 or 4 minutes 30 for the edit. And joining me to talk about it today is Elliot Wallace. Hello, Elliot. Hey. Now, it's worth saying as well that this song was written by Brenda Lee Eager and Hilliard Wilson. They also contribute the lyrics to a song called Hide the Bone, uh, which we'll be covering once we get to Crystal Ball. They were, they were like, Brenda Lee Eager was friends with Mavis Staples, um, mm. you know, who Prince had been working with in 1992 on her album The Voice. And Prince, you know, liked the lyrics, and he was going to record this song for the album The Voice for Mavis Staples. And then, you know, he kind of, he kind of didn't, basically. <laughs> then later on, he asked for he contacted Brenda Lee Eager and asked for you know more material uh, which led to them contributing Hide the Bone and then Prince for some reason I don't know why but he recorded the track with Derek Hughes doing vocals and you know who's a friend of uh, of Levi's and you know this became this was part of the MPG record sampler experience mm. and on that on that sampler you know there were a number of songs from around this time you know mainly to promote Exodus and 1800 New Funk and there's only 46 seconds of somebody somebody as recorded by Derek Hughes that was meant to promote an album that Derek Hughes would you know inevitably record but he never ended up recording it <laughs> so so those 46 seconds are kind of all that remain and then you know prince went into the studio and as as he did you know with a lot of stuff from emancipation kind of early 1996 and kind of started um, you know re-editing stuff and re-recording stuff and you know that is the version that we have and for a genre i feel you know I guess because maybe the Mavis Staples influence, you know, at the time, obviously, Mavis Staples, you know, a, a well, you know, well-known gospel singer, part of the Staples singers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't want to say that because this doesn't feel like it has a gospel influence, but it certainly feels kind of to me more like, um, I would say, soul, um, you know, maybe soul R&B. But it kind of to me, it feels more like Prince trying to do. Uh, it's not like a ballad, but maybe a soul ballad, something kind of in that area. I would definitely throw it as a, a soul ballad. I think um, there was a, I want to say it was USA Today or New York Times when they were talking about the song. They called it a slamming R&B song. But every time I listen to it, it's, yeah, I, it was a USA Today as a slamming R&B of somebody, somebody cranks out of his office CD player. The former prince cocks his head and smiles. And it's, I mean, it's a lot more of a ballad as opposed to a slamming R&B, but maybe maybe yeah. the definition of slamming was different uh, two decades ago than it was now. I mean, maybe they just heard a different mix of it or, oh, yeah, you know, that's true. you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just really weird. Like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call it slamming, certainly, but, you know, it's, and the thing is, it's like, uh, you know, it's very much about Prince yearning. You know, like I think yearning is probably the word that I would use to describe what's happening in the song. You know, particularly the chorus, which is tonight I want to be somebody's somebody. 
Tonight I want to belong to someone. Prince sings it as belong as well, not belong. Mm. Um, tonight I want to be somebody, somebody. Tonight I want somebody that will get it till the job gets done. So he's yearning, but he also wants to get it on. Yeah, um, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, it's Prince. It's, it's yeah, the night time. He can't help it. No, that's what's going to happen as soon as the lights go down. Even if the lights don't go down, let's get some right, blackout yeah. curtains and let's keep this thing going 24 hours. Yeah, if um, we haven't learned anything from Shush, you know. Shush, yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> You know, so long as there's some candles going on, Prince yeah. is uh, Prince is there. Um, yeah, and we, you know, we get this we get this portrait of Prince, um, and I think this is interesting. This that these lyrics come from, you know, um, a person who isn't Prince. You know, the way Prince is singing them, obviously, inevitably, it turns into his song. Absolutely. Um, but I think there's there's still some kind of lyrics in here that maybe express some sentiments that I wouldn't expect Prince to express, at, particularly at this this point in his life. You got to remember, he's newly married to Maite. He's expecting a child. He's freed himself from the Warner Brothers contract. Like, it feels like he should be very kind of happy. He should be on top of the world. And this song feels, you know, like I said, there's a, a yearning for Prince to kind of find someone, even though I'm almost certain he has a pregnant wife in the bed who, you know, should qualify for, t- for, for the somebody that he's looking for. And I always thought that was interesting that, you know, it seems like Prince is still searching even though, you know, you would expect, I mean, particularly in the video for Bet You By Golly Wow, he's wandering around, you know, with Maite and he's very happy. So it just feels odd that this song has such a kind of melancholy on it. Um, you know, maybe yeah. that's just the way I'm hearing it. Yeah, it, I, 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 I think we've talked about this where I try to separate as much as I can from the biography of Prince or like just, you know, what the song represents in his life. So... In some cases, I'm, we're going to talk about other songs too, but in some cases, I don't think of the songs that are being sung by him as a necessarily a representation of where he's at at the moment. Uh, so yeah. I didn't even, I, I, it was hard for me to it, to think of it more as just a, a general song about yearning and longing and just, like, just that general need a person has compared to what he has going on in his life where, yeah, he has a family, he has, you know, he's freed himself ideally from his record label, he's doing what he wants to do. He's in a better place in some way, shape, or form, you know, but he's, but why is he still yearning? And I just think of it as, you know, a song about someone yearning that just kind of comes to you. Maybe this is something that's been in the back of his head that he hasn't, he hasn't really thought about or talked too much about when it just kind of hit him. Yeah. In just some, in a moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I you know, obviously I, I never kind of really, uh, I, I prefer not to think of any songs as being too autobiographical because I don't think right, Prince was ever yeah. really about that. Aside from, obviously, there's, there's at least, I would say, three songs on the second disc of this album that are very autobiographical. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I would say, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, this disc opens up with, you know, Jam of the Year. Um, and then you follow that up with, you know, right back here in my arms. And then somebody, somebody to me on this first disc, it feels slightly out of place because there's a lot right. of kind of like party songs and uh, more kind of like sexual songs. You know, after this, we're into Get Your Groove On, uh, which is very much about, you know, one getting one's groove on. And, you know, you have kind of love songs like Betcha By Golly Wow and I Can't Make You Love Me, you know, like and In This Bed I Scream. Like there's a whole there's a whole kind of like. There's a certain kind of, in this first disc at least, it feels kind of like Prince's partying. And then to kind of encounter this song, and this is something that I felt all the way back to when I, you know, first got the, you know, the three cassettes that made up this album and I first listened to this, I always felt that this song seemed a little out of place because it it feels kind of very down compared to, you know, we've just had a jam of the year, you know, and then then this, and then two tracks later, we're kind of, 
wandering around at two o'clock in the morning and you know prince is talking about you know i'm longing to hear another voice inside these lonely walls and you know Mm. given that later on there's a song called white mansion you can't help but feel that this is prince wandering around paisley park by himself at two in the morning thinking you know can't i just find someone to talk to and of course at two o'clock in the morning prince could find anyone to talk to because he was prince and it was paisley park so if at two in the morning he said you know, I want to talk to someone. He could just pick a phone up and someone, I'm sure, you know, his tailor would probably still be there 24 hours making him some more clothes. But I just, I don't know, I think I think some of the characterizations in these lyrics are quite interesting for me. The rain is always something kind of, um, you know, it always reflects Prince's mood. Outside the rain is pouring, yeah. I'm as lonely as can be. Maybe tonight it'll be different than the nights before. You know, um, I feel I need someone beside me. I can't be alone no more. Like... You know, that to me, this is like kind of a profoundly sad song um, in a way that I don't think anything else on this album kind of is, um, right. you know, except maybe, you know, with some hindsight, some of the songs maybe take a bit more yeah, of a tragic totally. turn. Yeah, but like at, at this particular point, particularly when he says living <laughs> this big old this big old world can be so empty, living it all alone. I realize in its best disguise, a pretty house don't make a home. This feels very much like a prince, you know, maybe three or four years before he met Maite kind of longing for someone you know and I just I think it's kind of interesting you know there's a, there's a hunger deep inside of me how the fire burns I just wanted to say something about the the the, the rain thing yeah. because I saw back into my uh, Facebook uh, timeline where about two years ago on this date it had a, a like a meme that said I remember when Prince died and it rained for weeks so like, <laughs> it was all in purple uh, so I just wanted to bring that up because I thought yeah. that tied like yeah now rain definitely has a major part of a uh, rinse, uh, pr- rinse, geez, of uh, Prince's uh, uh, writing, yeah, in his, uh, yeah, yeah, and and you know, like, I mean, the, what's funny is he says it's it's two o'clock in the morning, and he just can't sleep. That's the start of the song, and then by the time you get three verses in, he says it's two o five in the morning. I got no one to call. Like, so <laughs> I did like that. I did like that as a storytelling kind of yeah. device in the song, where you know. The, I mean, the song's only like four minutes, so it's not like it. he's at the fifth minute of the song no. singing it, which would be interesting and experimental. But like that kind of there's just so much happening in your head, in his head. Yeah. That, you know, it might feel like it's been a while where he's had a other thought. But it, he looks at you look at the watch and he looks at the, the clock and it's like, oh, it's only been five minutes. And this frustration I'm feeling or this depression I'm feeling is still sticking there and it's difficult. Yeah. And that's when he says, I'm longing to hear another voice inside these lonely walls. Um, maybe tonight will be different than the nights before. And then, of course, yeah. we get the interaction of maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is kind of interesting to be like almost trying to be hopeful and then immediately have like an inner voice say, nope, nope, probably not. And we just kind of get a repetition of the verse a few times um, before we kind of get to, you know, Prince towards the end saying, you know, I don't want to wait. No. Can I belong to you, baby? Oh, yeah. Um, oh slow deep and long uh, do me over and over and over and over tonight i want to be somebody somebody um so yeah so yeah. i mean obviously towards the end of the song it gets sexual because of course it does because it's prince um yes <laughs> but yeah and of course we finished with the title of the track my favorite thing in the world um with prince singing somebody somebody um now i you know like i said i think it's just an interesting song because the sentiment being expressed of Prince, first of all, not being able to get to sleep at two o'clock in the morning. I don't feel like Prince ever went to bed before like four o'clock anyway. Um, so <laughs> being up at- I, I feel like if Prince ever really, like, it's hard for me to imagine where he's awake, like, like legitimately awake 
two o'clock in the morning and not at least making music. Yeah, this is it. It's like, I remember I yeah hearing. Uh, I think it was like I can't remember what documentary it was, but where they're talking about him writing, um, or maybe I read it where he did a ballad of Dorothy Parker, and that came to him in a dream where he just woke up, went into the studio, and uh, recorded it. I think he actually sang while he was sitting in the uh, engineer chair or something like that. Maybe I have the story all wrong, but that was something. And it's hard for me to really. Like I think he's just telling a story with this song, and it's hard for me to really imagine him in in it's really imagine him in in a place where he has no one to connect to or nothing to connect to even. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, I'd say that's probably the inference of um, you know, blender the blender of Brenda Lee Eager and you know Hillard Wilson like the kind of the outside yeah. influence like I feel that's that's what that's what when I say you know parts of this don't feel princey maybe that's one of the things where it feels like that's Prince's contribution is maybe the kind of the do me over and over but their contribution is the you know it's two o'clock and I can't get to sleep and you know it's 205 right. and I, I've got no one to call you know I think those are the the kind of the outside contributions. Whereas I feel like Prince probably came up with, um, you know, tonight I want to do somebody until the job gets done. Like that feels more like a line by Prince than, than, you know, Mm -hmm. the stuff in the rest of the song. Um, But I just, I think it's interesting because, uh, you know, in some of Prince's songs where he's talking about certain situations, it feels like he's putting on a character, but here, the way he sings his song, it feels like, you know, he's expressing this sentiment for himself and he's not playing a character, um, you know. So I, I think maybe that's, that, like, I remember hearing this song, like I said, for the, you know, when I did in 1996 and thinking this, like, this feels like someone who is really isolated. Um, you know, just the phrase lonely walls. I mean, you know, it just makes you think that no, ba- no matter how big the house is that you own, if it's just you wandering around them by yourself, it, it you know it's lonely yeah it's it's gonna it's going to be lonely and it, you know it doesn't yeah. as as prince says a pretty house don't make a home like some of these lines they really have stuck with me you know 20 something years later where i'm thinking you know th- that is kind of like a, a, a kind of a truth which is you know if you are you know inevitably a millionaire who has a gigantic mansion you're still going to be alone if you don't have someone to kind of share that experience with as as long as you're not a complete narcissist well, like some people <laughs> like i don't know the guy in the white house maybe yeah. if he actually is a millionaire but that's neither here nor there <laughs> anyway <laughs> no i think it's interesting as well because at the time um there was a novel that i read around this time by the comedian uh-huh. ben elton called this other eden uh, but anyway in this novel it it pictures a future um, ben elton was known for kind of when he got into novel writing, each novel seemed to have like a specific theme. And this novel Mm -hmm. had one about environmentalism and, uh, you know, Uh it had like characters that were kind of like from the, the kind of the terrorist wing of Greenpeace and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, an interesting idea, but the main kind of thing in it is it talks about a, like a multimillionaire who has the name plastic. Um, that is his actual name. Um, and he's investigated by a detective who goes by the name Judy, uh, and that's a man. Um, but, you know, so th- there's kind of interesting ideas in there. But one of the ideas is this per- this person called Plastic, he sells these these domes that are meant to protect you from uh, the end of the world. Basically, everyone knows that the entire world is is going to hell and they don't want to face up to it. So they're all building like you, if you're just like, a you know, a, a moderately, um, you know, if you've got a tiny bit of money, you can get yourself a small dome. That will, you know, when when the, when the inevitable comes, you'll be able to, hide, you know, kind of hide out in there, almost like a fallout shelter, but for, you know, the environment falling apart. And plastic, right. plastic has like a gigantic, like 
dome that he can go and live in, much like in the film Biodome, um, which oh, I feel God. was around. We came out around this time, but you know, like that's that's the basic concept: is this person has his own, and in it, it has like a waterfall, and it has like animals that are like you know artificial animals. And basically it has enough that it's like the most luxurious kind of way to survive the end of the world. And the end of the novel, you've, you like, it's pointed out that once all the humans went into these little domes and stopped messing with the world, the world recovered because we weren't draining all the resources. Um, and, you know, it finishes with the image of this skeleton alone in this gigantic dome. And of course, plastic, you know, basically he went into this dome and because he was by himself he you know one of the features of these domes is once you're in you can't get out um you know to stop people from you know to stop looters from kind of trying to break in and you know steal your stuff and so basically this guy just dies alone in this extremely luxurious dome and kind of the reality is everyone just ends up as like skeletons in these domes and it doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how luxurious the dome is and obviously the whole point of plastic is he wants to sell more and more of these domes and obviously so they have to get more and more expensive and more and more luxurious and he basically has the best one in the world but he still ends up just as a a lonely skeleton basically and i feel like that kind of message is also maybe in here which is like not that you're going to die in this luxurious mansion by yourself but that maybe the idea of you know it does you know having a gigantic luxurious house doesn't mean that you mm. will feel like it's a home, no. you know, and that's a sentiment from this song that has, you know, like I said, stuck stuck with me for a couple of decades, you know, and the kind of the, you know, the kind of underlying sadness of this song, uh, I think is quite interesting, um, considering that, you know, <laughs> the, like I said, most of the songs on this disc are really kind of about partying. Um, yeah, you know, so for me, I would have to say that, um, you know, I would I would say four out of five. And I would only say that because. Mm. I feel like the song, you know, maybe is just a little bit too long. Um, even the edit doesn't really cut down enough. You know, there's a point at the end where it's just the chorus like three or four times over. And there's a lot yeah. of the words somebody, somebody over and over again. And you're like, I, I kind of get it, you know. <laughs> like, I've got the point yeah, prints. Yeah, I've got the point prints. Maybe we could have got out in, in like three and a half minutes and it would have been like a five out of five. But I feel it, it just feels a little too long for me. And that's true of a lot of yeah. songs on Emancipation. It does feel like Prince, you know, obviously each disc is exactly 60 minutes. And sometimes it feels like Prince did like another 10 seconds on each song just to make the discs exactly 60 minutes. Uh, and and yeah. I feel this song suffers from a little bit of that. But I otherwise I love I love the lyrical content. I love what Prince is singing about. You know, it's a really interesting idea. Uh, I just feel like it goes on just a tiny bit too long for me to kind of go higher than a four. Yeah, I, I'll have to give it a three. It had it's it it came out at like this mid nineties, and it wouldn't have really dawned on me as a unique Prince song. It feels like just everything else that would have aired on contemporary R and B radio. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It just feels like a bit of an also ran in yeah. its own way. It doesn't like I you know it's 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 good to hear it's Prince, but at the same time it also just feels like oh Prince is kind of trying to catch up with what else everyone else is kind of coming to. And at that time, well, I, I was nine at the time, but I mean like I can remember Maxwell. Um, there is that uh, D'Angelo. Yeah, there's those artists too, and even like other artists like TLC. Yeah. Um, so it would have been nice to hear, but it just wouldn't have stuck out to me. I feel like so that's why I get three. I feel like Prince didn't go down the gym enough and didn't spend enough time with his top off to be in the same league as Maxwell or D'Angelo. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Who are gentlemen who, you know, seem to not own any shirts. Um, you know, something which I feel like, uh, Childish Gambino has caught onto. 
like well it, it, <laughs> and it was weird in the mid 90s there was like a real short shortage and yeah uh, sh- oh, i'm sorry shirt shortage yeah uh, obviously in the u.s so <laughs> you know sense. especially i mean you know especially for musicians and especially for r&b music uh, it's a whole big thing that we don't talk enough about in uh, american history yeah um but yeah i, yeah, I think it's a big problem. i think as well you know either you were shirtless or you were all in coordinated bright yellow um clothing that was the cho- yeah. that was the choice you had to make uh, there was yeah. there was no that, that's no the Jimmy Carter law though yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah um, Prince performed this song you know uh, kind of in '96 um, and then also again on tour in '97 and his the last performance uh, was in 1999 at the MGM Grand uh, 31st of May 1999 um, and then after that he you know never performed it again and you know this is something that I've said on a lot of these 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 tracks or, or certainly will talk about which is. I feel like this period of Prince's life, there's a lot of songs that have a certain connotation and are associated with certain memories that I guess he probably wouldn't want to revisit. Um, especially, oh, yeah. especially as by the time you get to 1999, Prince is you know newly divorced and he's a couple of years away from his next marriage. And I feel like maybe the lyrics of you know uh, wandering around in an empty mansion are probably maybe getting a bit too close to home at that particular point. Uh, but I feel like we said about as much as we can about somebody, somebody. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Elliot? Yes, there is. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, I am at E.H. Wallace. And if you'd like to follow my health uh, weight loss Instagram, uh, which uh, is The Elliot Wallace. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or you follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure where you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Elliot. Thank you very much. And otherwise, goodbye. <laughs>